When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. And just like someone may not be my cup of tea, I certainly may not be there. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Do you want to tell our new friends a little bit about us? Sure. We have been best friends for 20 years, and we have been through our fair share of trauma. So we decided to start a podcast where we speak to everyday people who have stories to tell. Amazing. And why don't you tell them a little something about you? Um, when I was in grade one, there were some girls who had a game called the Runaway from Michelle game. My God, for the record, I never would have played that. Not only because I don't like to run, but also because I wouldn't run away from you. That's so mean. What about you? Uh, when my first day of grade seven, I was surrounded by a bunch of grade nines at the bus stop and spit on and called fatty. Oh, God. <laughs> no wonder we have a podcast. My goodness. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yes. Tell me about your week. How's it going? It's okay. I have a sick child again. My yeah, kids are just doing going this fun thing where they're just house. like getting sick like one week after the next instead of all getting sick at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I still have one man standing. Um, I definitely can feel it now. Like I have a cough and my chest is like tight and oh god, I feel not great. There's something going around. Yeah, like high fever, bad cough, sore throat, exhausted. Just yeah. not good. Everybody that I know has sick kids. It's crazy. And there's no yeah. Tylenol or Advil to be found anywhere. Oh, yeah. Not but other good. than that, my week was okay. I don't think anything too exciting happened. Yeah. Like, so recall. Halloween happened. Right. Halloween was, was different this year. We, yeah, it was okay. Like, we went to our friend's place, but Julia was sick, so she didn't go out for very long. And then Jude was the next one to come back because he, doesn't really care about candy and would rather be warm and then yeah so the two girls were the last ones but they really didn't get that much candy this year which is kind of nice like it, it wasn't like an obscene amount of candy it was just like totally manageable is it because people weren't handing out candy no they just didn't go to very many houses it was really cold and everyone was kind of tired and worn out but they were yeah. happy with what they got so and then my oldest went trick-or-treating with their friends so it all worked out 
Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. We divided and conquered. Olivia had a party and Wyatt went out trick-or-treating with Lindsay and they were only gone for like an hour and a bit, but he like cleaned up. He got like a lot of candy and I stayed back and handed out candy and we had over a hundred kids. Wow. I know. That, that it was a lot. Crazy street, though. There's like all those schools there. So there must be a lot of kids by you. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I. Did you have enough candy? Yeah. Yeah. We did have enough candy. We also handed out mm-hmm. freezies, but they weren't frozen. Oh, yeah. My kids got one of those. The kids that got it were super excited. Except yeah. I realized the clear that's ones awesome. just look like a mysterious unmarked package of clear liquid. Oh. Like they freeze white, like but I was like. Or something. Yeah. It's obviously just vodka. Yeah, totally. I did decide, though, that why isn't it just like a society standard that trick-or-treating is from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m.? Hard stop. Yeah? Did you have some late late ones? We shut off the lights and blew out the pumpkin candles. Well, turn them off. They were just battery operated. But (laughs) like just after 8, because there were still kids out. But I was like, we've got a kid that needs to go to bed and... yeah. I'm cold and I don't want to act like I care about your costumes anymore. Yeah. And, so, but then did you still have kids coming? No. Once we turned off the lights, I think people like respected it. Oh, I just think good. like, why can't it just be 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then yeah, nobody I has totally to agree. guess. Nobody has to wonder. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But anyway, I'm over it. I'm over Halloween. I'm glad it's done. I honestly, it's my least favorite holiday for sure. My God, your least favorite. I would say it's up there with one of my favorites considering I hate all holidays. I just, being a parent with five children on Halloween is a nightmare because, I mean, thankfully all my kids decided that they weren't wearing costumes to school, which was amazing because the stress of getting kids ready in the morning with their costumes, with the makeup, then they're miserable. They don't like this. They don't like that. Like it's awful so that was nice well onward and upward christmas is next yay i hate christmas too (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the segue between holidays christmas and the next topic seems really mm, it's gonna flow nicely okay we created a wish list we did well you did It makes me, well, it makes me really, I don't like to ask for things. I don't like to ask for help. I don't like gifts. I don't like, this is not my love language. And like my trauma as a kid taught me just to like do things myself. But our friends over at, there's a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And Mm -hmm. it's been, it's been fun to have because it allows people to uh, make one-time spontaneous contributions to the work that we do without having to commit to like a subscription or anything. And they just released a function called Wishlist. It allows us to sort of like put a list of things on there that we are saving for or that we need to buy and it allows people to like log in and contribute anything that they can if they want to and to help us get our our wishes i think it's such an amazing idea for people who can't commit or don't want to commit to like you said a monthly subscription like our patreon they can um Mm -hmm. help support us in a different way and contribute to our wish list so that we can get things and do things that we need for the podcast to keep it going and it's awesome yeah it's awesome we have not we have yet to be picked up by a major podcasting network 
And so we are left to our own devices to fund this project on our own. So we decided for our first wish list item, uh, we put a one year subscription to this product called Descript. And it's an editing product Mm -hmm. that also transcribes all of our episodes. Having this one year subscription would really allow us to, well, A, transcribe our episodes and put them on our website, which makes us a lot more accessible to communities like the deaf and hard of hearing community Mm -hmm. and like so many more. The editing is more streamlined. The functionality is beautiful and it saves us time and increases our quality of work. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it was a great idea and we'll see how it goes. So if you, if anybody's listening and they're like, this sounds great, how do I contribute? You just have to go. There's a link in our Instagram, but mm-hmm. you can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash I-D-N-S-U-F-T, which is I did not sign up for this. And you can contribute any amount that you're able to. And it is so, so appreciated. Appreciated? Yes. Appreciated. That's us. Uh, Michelle, I couldn't help but realize you mentioned our Patreon. I did mention our Patreon. What the heck is that? I know. It's something that we love so much. We have so much fun doing. It's a monthly subscription that you can get and you instantly get access to all of our past episodes that we put on there, which I think you said are 68 right now. Yeah, 68 episodes. Yeah. We put out two new episodes a month that you will never hear on the main feed. And we have lots of extra goodies depending on what tier you're on. You can get entered into draws. You can get discounts off our merch. And if you're on our highest level, you get our monthly video called Wet Wednesdays. And those are so much fun. And we've about to put out our fourth Wet Wednesday video. Yeah, this Wednesday, the 8th, Mm -hmm. no, 9th, 9th of November, something like that. Sure. Yeah. So it's just a way to get extra bonus content from us and help support our show. Amazing. Amazing. We should have a drinking game to see how many times we've said amazing in this intro and see if anyone passes out before the show starts. (laughs) Okay. But also just as a disclaimer, please drink responsibly. I feel like we just legally have to say that. Yeah. Don't drink drink all those things. (laughs) Yeah. How cute were we having a little co-host BFF date today? I know. It was so fun. We went and painted pottery. It stresses me out and I am thankful for you because you told me what to paint and how. Yes. You were very maybe overwhelmed with the choices. I just don't want to make the wrong choice. Right. My thought is you just do it and it's going to turn out one way or another. Like it's not going to be ugly. I think it could have been ugly if I didn't have support. Maybe. I don't know. I think I think it is going to look gorgeous. I'm very excited to see the final result of our of our creations. Yeah, we made a you made a cute little video of it on our Instagram. Yeah. It I mean now we have to wait like a week until it's I don't know what they do to it, but something if, has to be done well, to it for it to be done. Well, they fire it. They put it in the in the kiln and they fire it. It's fired up. Well, they I think they dip it in like a glaze and then they fire it so then it's like shiny. It was so fun. And a nice way to just, I don't know, catch up and do something creative that isn't podcasting. I know. It's been a long time since we've been able to like do something without like children running around. So it was nice. Well, let's get into this week's episode. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye.
Hello, Mackenzie. Hi, girls. How are you? All is well over this way. I'm in, like I said, Lexington, Kentucky is where I'm from. So it's chilly sometimes. It's warm sometimes. Today it's gloomy. So it's a lazy Sunday for me over here. Nice. Yeah, that sounds nice. Do you still get like the proper fall where the leaves change? and? So right now, it's wild that you say that because we had no rain for two months, almost two months. So we were super dry. So they're just now starting. Normally, they would have changed sooner, but we got yeah. a huge yeah. rain this week. So thankfully, everything's starting to look really beautiful outside mm. right now. Oh, wow. I think we have the most fall happening out here. We usually, like the leaves will change and then it'll snow. And then it, they'll all be gone. Fall is one of my favorite. I like summer. Summer is my favorite. But then soon, a close follow is fall. Yeah. I'm starting to appreciate it more because with how beautiful <laughs> it is. Yeah. I hate being yeah. cold. So I, and we do get sub below temperatures here sometimes. But I always say I would rather sit my whole bare booty on the equator. than. <laughs> so anytime when it's below 50 outside, you won't find me out there. Funny. We've been so excited to chat with you. I've been like watching all of your like reels. They're so funny and relatable. And yeah, I would love it if you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from, and then we'll get into your story. Okay. My name is Mackenzie Gage and I am from Lexington, Kentucky, where I always say the bourbon is abundant and the horses are fast. Although I am not in the tax bracket. (laughs) I'm not in the tax bracket to own one of those fast horses, but I do enjoy like to go go watch them. I have three kids. My daughters and I just went to actually Keeneland, which I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's really no. big in the horse world. We have the Derby in Kentucky every year, um, mm-hmm. but Keeneland is in my home city and it's like a smaller version of what where Churchill Downs is and Churchill Downs is where all the big horses and they win all the money oh. on the horses like that that's where the money is I'm not there um, <laughs> watch from afar so my yeah. daughters just went to Keeneland last week for their first time to go to the clubhouse which is like really it's a really cool experience but anyways yes Kentucky is about horses and bourbon and UK my husband and I met when I was in high school. I was 14. So I've been married to him for 15 years now. We've been together 21 years. And then we have three beautiful kids together. They are 13 is Cooper. She's my oldest. And my middle is Stevie and she's 10. And then my youngest is Collins and he's four. And we've lived here our whole lives. I would like wow. to move to the beach because like I said, I do not like being cold. So that's <laughs> like in our five-year plan. I live in the same neighborhood as my parents because I am very codependent, which I'm also. <laughs> Are they going to move to the beach with you? They've already said, we're going, they're going. And <laughs> yeah. my yeah. Yeah. just bought a home in the Carolinas not very long ago, and my sister-in-law lives in the Carolinas. So we oh. would love to live closer to there. We would still have family. So I'm not really getting that far away from codependency. I yeah, yeah. But yeah, and my husband, he owns a company that is called Purist, and it's a automotive performance shop. So we do that, and we have all kinds of little side hustles, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I just became a published author. So that's like my life in a nutshell right there. Oh, I do influencing reels. I hate to say influencer. That's not really what I feel like I am. I'm more of just a friend yeah. that likes to make reels, but sometimes people ask me where I got my shirt. So that's cool too. That's my life. And that's where I am. And I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so happy with the way things are turning out with that part of my life. 
I just love to connect with other women and social media really has obviously amplified that times a million. So it's great. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's incredible. And so what is the title of your book? The title of my book is It's a No From Me. And I love the that. premise of it is in 2020, I really, I'm sure with a lot of other people around the world, put things in perspective. And I started learning, like, if I wasn't missing something, was I really missing out on it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that right. put things in perspective. And I started learning that I'm not going to do the PTA meetings. I'm not going to go to the gender reveal parties if I don't want to. I'm not even going to tell you why. I'm just not going to come and I'll say, thank you for inviting me, but I won't be there. And not even in a bad way. Just, I know my time is valuable and I know that there are people out there that don't value my time the way that they should. And for many years, I just accepted that. And I just took that as that's just who they are, or that's just how it goes, or I am a mom and a mother and a wife and all the other things, but I'm also still human and I'm still me and my time is still mine. So I'm not going to continuously give it out without loving what it's for. So that's what started that. So it's just one of those things where I've always loved writing. I've always loved sharing. I'm a good storyteller. I don't know that I'm that great of a writer as much as I am a good storyteller because I'm very dramatic. So I emphasize things maybe a lot bigger than they should be, but that's part of the fun of it. So I'm, I started writing and I just, in 2020, I started a blog and I liked the blog idea, but everyone kept saying, just make it into a book so we can sit down and read all at once. It was kind of a joke in my husband. Like, mm, you're going to write back, okay, because I can't even finish a little laundry. So <laughs> finishing a book sounds like a really big feat. And he, was, yeah. he said that, it was just like one day I was like, oh, I'm going to do it now because you said basically in a sarcastic way that I should do it. So I'm going to do it now. Yeah. So here I am. And I'm. it's been published now for almost two or just a little over two weeks. Amazing. And what was your... I guess, what was the turning point, like the pandemic, but where does your story start with developing that pattern of saying yes too much and ending up using up all of your time on people that maybe don't appreciate it? So the subtitle for my book is A People Pleaser's Guide to Freedom-ish. And that's because I've always, I've spent my entire life basically putting my worth into what I do for other people. And that becomes exhausting. I've been in two weddings in one weekend before. I just couldn't say no. I've been in 23 weddings. (laughs) Not that I don't want to be there to celebrate with my friends and whatnot, but I just, it sometimes gets to the point where you're just, why didn't I just tell her no? I'd rather just attend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, and there's only been a couple of those where I look back and I'm like, I should have probably done that. Most of the time, I love my friends. I love going to baby showers. I love doing all the things, but I think a lot of it came from, I realized really quickly that if I did nice things for people, it made me feel better. So selfishly, I was not only was I doing it for them, but I was doing it for myself as well. In my book, I do talk about the fact that I'm half black, so I'm biracial. And when I was younger, there weren't a lot of people like me. And you always wanted me too. So I found meeting people and learning their stories was very interesting. I think a lot of that has to do with being inclusive. And I always wanted to be inclusive and include everybody. So then if I'm including everybody, then they include me. So then your friendships just grow. And that's lovely. I love, I genuinely, I'm like Rain Man. I do not forget dates. If you're, if you've ever told me your birthday, anniversary, whatever, I'm going to remember that. And I learned as I got older that people don't always do that in return. And that's how I love people, but that's not necessarily how other people love back. 
So I just, I feel like me giving, 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 and was always wanting that same kind of love back and not necessarily from any trauma or anything like that. It was just like, I didn't understand that not everyone is the same and you shouldn't always expect something out of someone if they don't want to give it. So then I would just keep on pouring into them thinking, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, then they will do the same for me. But that doesn't always happen. And I learned that and it took me literally... I'm 36, so it took me 33 years to realize that. And that's okay because everyone is different and I accept that. But now I know that my time should be just as valued as their time. And Mm -hmm. I don't have to please everyone. And you can't please them all. And just like someone may not be my cup of tea, I certainly may not be theirs. And that's okay. But that took a really long, hard time and therapist to realize like where all those came from different corners and why I ended up the way I did. And I still like to do things for people, but now I don't feel obligated to. I just do it when I I want to. And that doesn't mean I'm not still working on it because it's freedom-ish, but it's been a long time coming and it's just, it feels very refreshing. And people around me seem to understand it more than I thought they ever would. I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. It's crazy. It's been a crazy ride. Yeah. Did you find when you started putting up some of those boundaries and making those calls, did you have people, I don't want to say react badly, but did you hurt people's feelings or because they built up this expectation of what you were going to do and now suddenly you were putting up a boundary? Absolutely. Because I feel like a lot of times if you're putting up a boundary for a certain reason and they like to blur those lines and they don't see that boundary, then it becomes offensive to them. But at that point in my life, it's not about them. I've given and I've given and I've given and they've taken and they've taken and they've taken. So once they start realizing that I'm not their emotional bank anymore, if you will, I'm not any use to them. So there wasn't really a lot of conflict because I realized the people that I was important to and the people that I wasn't. And it when you have dead yeah. silence on the other end, is it really me putting in all the effort anyways? So it was just... It almost filters was, itself out. Right. There was never any conflict. There was never any, even really discussions. It just became a different way of life for me. Mm. And like I said, if I wasn't really missing and I wasn't missing out. So there wasn't any really conversations I even had to have. The boundary was set for, needed to be set for a long time ago. And that relationship maybe had dwindled way before I had was ready to give it up. If that makes sense. Right. So yeah. it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was much to them. Um, right. But still, yeah. I feel like you, you mourn a friendship. You mourn, you mourn a relationship. You mourn the day to day thinking you need to fill everyone's cup. It, it's a very strange place where I was for a while. And I have had conversations since when the dust was settling a bit. And I've told each and every person that felt maybe as maybe a bit offended, if you will, I've told them like, I hinder no hate. Forgiveness is for me, not for you. Um, no. And I've forgiven every single person in my life that I've ever felt took too much for me because they're not going to take any more. So I'm not no. going to carry around that. It's not my cross to bear. If someone feels like something in my book is about them, it probably is. But I didn't say your name. So if you feel like that's something you did to me, I'm not the problem. Yeah, and that exactly. was something that took a really long time for me to understand. But once I did, it was the clarity was insane yeah Yeah. I'm like sitting here thinking about all the boundaries that I need to put up with like my children or my mother and like (laughs) how to like consistently do that and how in the long run it's going to be beneficial for everybody and then also like the people who 
respect those boundaries are the people that are going to stick around. And then, like you said, the people that don't, then that's fine too. It is. And you realize it really quickly, who's really in your corner and who's just there when they need something, which is fine. I like to give anyone, if anybody, if you, I don't genuinely, if you called me tomorrow and said, Hey, I need this and this from you. If I want to give it to you, then I'm going to, regardless of where we sit, I'm going to say it the best way I can. The last sentence in my book says, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you or F you very much, depending on where we stand. And (laughs) that is a premise of the whole thing. Like either way, I've learned from our relationship. And if you can't accept where I am now, then I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Yeah. How do you determine when to say that's a no from me? What does that look like? Does it depend on the person, the ask, the time of year. What did you learn about developing that skill so that you're, I'm very black or white. So I'm either yes to everybody or no to everybody. I'm trying to learn to be like, yes, sometimes, but also no sometimes. And yeah, it's a hard balance. So I think part of it is how did I feel the last time I did that for you? The last time you called me and asked me if I could come over because you were in a fight with your husband or the last time you called me and needed to chat for a while, like in that very instance, I look back and think, did you appreciate my time that I gave you because I was listening and I was there for you and I was, I'm there for you because I want to be. But if you only called me because no one else answered the phone and I can feel that on the other end, it feels yucky. And I'm never going to change who I am because of how you made me feel. So I'm never going to give back. If I feel like you are upset and need me and I feel like you genuinely need me, I'm going to be there. But if I feel like you're only calling me to vent or because no one else will listen and you're not going to listen to me when I need you, then it feels a bit, maybe it's a no for me because I love you unconditionally. Every single person, and I say this numerous times in my book has was put in my life for a reason, but everyone comes at some point with an expiration date if they need one. So I just feel like I can feel it in that moment. My husband is a voice of reason too, because he is, oh, he's a strong black or white. No, tell her no, it's not happening. She can kick rocks, but I'm not like that. Even in this season in my life, I can't just turn it off. It's one of those things where it's like, how much would I do then versus how much am I willing to do now? And I think that's a good healthy balance because before I would just do it and now it's I'll do it. But do you really want me to do it? Or are you just asking me to, to see if I'll do it? I don't know. It's very strange. But I'm not doing the PTA meetings. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing the, if I'm tired and I have had a long week and I'm supposed to be going to my sister's friends, whatever, I'm just not going to go. And I don't have to tell you why. It's not because I don't love you. I'll send a gift. I love you so much, but I'm tired. And sometimes I just have to put me first. So it's not as, yeah. it's not easy. It's not a black and white. I'm just going to say no to these things. I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to do that except for PTA meetings. No, not for me. My daughter came home. My middle daughter came home actually last week. And she was like, Mom, we need more moms in the PTA. And I was like, have you met me? Do you want to be embarrassed? That's not for me. I'm not going to be the best candidate for that. But I will definitely send you money if they need supplies. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's where yeah. I like to draw the line. And there are kids that are not nice to my kids and then they get invited to their birthday party and I have to be, I have to represent them. I have to tell them, he's mean to you. You don't need to go to that. Yeah. That's now, whereas before I'd be like, just go and be nice. Mm-hmm. And if they invited you, I'm not doing that anymore. 
And I have a few core friends that I probably will never say no to just because they've always been there for me and I'm not ever going, I, I will stretch myself very thin for them, but it's just, it's a learning curve every day. It's something new. And my husband yesterday said, we don't have to do this and this. And I was like, I'm, I wrote a book about that. We don't have to do it. We're not going to do it. So yeah. he has to remind me sometimes, but he's good at reminding me. Don't worry. He's allowed presence in a different way. So yeah, it's a group effort. I think it's sure. interesting what you were saying about friends calling you and you can tell when they're calling you when they genuinely w- want your help or when you're the last resort. And I think we've all had those type of phone calls. And I know I have where somebody calls you and just like fence and dumps their whole life on you and everything that's going on with you. And then they're like, okay, I got to go. And it's like, oh, I'm having struggles too, but okay. I guess you needed me in that moment to just get everything out and now you're okay. And I'm sitting here feeling like now I don't have that in return. So I felt like for a long time, and I still am, I'm an energy, I call myself an energy sponge. If you call me and tell me all these sad things that are going on, like, I feel like that becomes my problem and my burden. And I don't have to do that. So I had a really great friend tell me once, you have to learn to care without carrying. And I think that was a big turning point in this whole process of growing that I can go and be at your aid, but I don't need to bring a suitcase. I don't need to bring that back home with me because I am there. I can't help myself. I cannot do my own due diligence to you or myself if I am unwell. And I feel like if the more black clouds I keep accommodating and going around and being with, then it makes me feel like I have no help to myself or my family or you or mm-hmm. anyone. So now I try to go to your aid without that suitcase so that I'm not dumping your garbage on top of my garbage that I've buried. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where I can't help you if I'm not helping myself. Like the airline, they say, always put your mask on before you help someone around you. So I know when I'm at a point in my life when I can no longer say yes. And now I've realized that when I get to that threshold, everything's going to be a no for me until I've kind of refilled myself. Yeah. yeah. I have had been my fair share of venting and dumping. And I think that was an improvement on myself as well. And I feel I've, I am not in any way the best. I've not always been the best friend I've had made my mistakes, but I will say I'm a genuine inclusive person. So if, I love you and you all the same. I am not going to help. And I have a few best friends that are just, I can't even put into words how much they are part of my life and they mean for me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that if my new best friend from yesterday that I just met at Walmart needed me, I'm just saying like, I'm, I don't always have those boundaries that I need to, I didn't right. always have those boundaries. Yeah. And now I feel like I've, it's just a part of who I am as far as giving but I need to know when I don't have any more to give. That was the point. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know my threshold. So I can take someone calling me and venting and being upset and whatever all day long until I can't. Yes. And I think that was the, that's the part of my life where it was like a turning point. Like it's okay if I can't, like you call me and you're crying or upset. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be there. But then I can't do anything more than that. Whereas before I would need to like go get you, send you flowers or do this or whatever. I go over and beyond, which is still in my personality. And I'll still do that if I want to yeah, or if I can, if I have any gas left, because sometimes I don't. Yeah. When it comes to, you talked about how you give and then you feel like you don't receive it back. 
Do you have that understanding though? I know you said that where some people, that's not their way of showing their love and that's not the way of doing that. So do you have friends who you pour into and, but you have the understanding that they're not going to pour into me the same way and that's okay. No, it was a really big learning curve for me to understand that. And I now know it's so bizarre. Like I said, I was running man with dates. I also, it's almost like the devil and the angel on the shoulders. It's almost like I see, I I don't know if this is like a descriptive learning. I don't know how to visual learning. My brain just does it. But like, I recognize that when I, I see that on someone, like I can, it sounds silly, but like, I, not only do I see your birthday on your shoulder, I also see like you, your love language. Like I see that what you give, like, I don't, gift giving isn't my thing. It's just, I will do it, but it's not my first go-to. I don't want someone to give me a gift. That's not what I would rather you give me words of affirmation. That's my love language. But I can see in my friends like, oh, she's down. She needs a gift. Even though that's not like my first thing that I would want, I know that's what she would want. And so that's taken a long time to realize it as well. I used to get really upset when people wouldn't give back to me and tell me I was doing, I always say my husband, all you need to do is words of affirmation. So tell me I'm doing a good job and pick up your socks acts of service like that yeah. the most but that's not his love language so that's taken a long time for me to learn so yes there are friends of mine that I know for sure but I see that on them so I recognize that now and I can't expect anything more than what they can at capacity give so that right. was a hard that was a hard thing for me to learn and accept and balance but now that I have done that and I've started actually doing things for myself and understanding my worth it feels like it's easier to accept that. from a- Yeah. How do you teach that? You mentioned something about with your kids, if they're invited to a birthday party and it's somebody that isn't very kind to them. So how have you shifted and started teaching your kids those skills? Because I think those are skills that were about the same age. Our generation didn't necessarily learn. It was if you're invited, you go. If you're if somebody buys you a gift, you buy them a gift. If somebody needs something, you do it. It's so important for us to change that for our kids' generation. So how do you, I don't know, I guess implement this into your parenting? I'm still really learning how to do that. I my eldest, like I said, she's 13 and you have that girl drama and all of those things. And I feel like sometimes it's I say, hey, remember when A plus B equals C in my life is that like representing of your relationship with that person? Does it feel like it's the same or does it feel better? And she's really, truly like her and my middle, they're at the age now and they're girls where they're at the age now where it's like, I have to lead by example. And I wasn't doing that for so long that I feel like they feel really super comfortable to come to me and they can almost recognize now, ooh, that is what mommy was talking about when she said this friend specifically did this to her and that's similar to what my friend's doing so what do I do and I'm like here's what I would have done then and here's what I would do now you can meet in the middle or you can do what I'm doing now I'm just trying to save you from heartache but I want you to learn you can't fly without falling and so it's hard for me as a mom to sit back and watch them have bad relationships with people but I also know that if you don't experience that you won't know what a good person I know that I've run into that with my kids too where it's you want them to just go along to get along and if there's a neighbor kid and but they don't vibe with them or the neighbors mean to them or something like that it's okay just keep playing with them because you want everything to be fine you don't want to have conflict with people you don't want to have conflict with neighbors or, or friends whose kids maybe aren't Treating your kids properly. What's comfortable? Absolutely. And you don't want, people don't want conflict, right? But you also have to teach your kids that, leave that 
child is bullying you or picking on you, even though they're the neighbor and it might be awkward a little bit, you can tell them like, I don't want to play with you or I'm not going to play with you. So you're going to act like that. But I think what Carmen said, it's ingrained in us from childhood that you just make it work. I think that my kids are slowly starting to respect that aspect of it because as women, we are a lot of times expected to just go with it. We're just expected to do what's best just because we're supposed to, even if it doesn't mm-hmm. feel the best to us. And that's a big thing that I've, honesty, I think it's the main thing because you can't ever, and I try to teach them this, you can't ever go wrong with being honest. It may, if your honesty hurts someone else's feelings, that was never your intentions, then you're not doing anything wrong. Now, if your t- intentions right. was to hurt someone, it's completely different, but you can be honest and upfront with someone and they're either going to accept it or they're not. So if you have somebody in your life that is not being kind to you and you want that relationship to continue, you say, hey, I don't like it when you do this. And if that's something that you just do as a person or you just are going to continue to do, then we should have some separation there because I don't like the way it makes me feel when you do this plus that. And I think that at least for my eldest, she's come to me a few different times and said, Yeah, I just told her we need to take a break because I didn't like the way that made me feel. And so when she says that, it's like, oh, gosh, that was something that she actually listened to and learned because you don't ever know teenagers if they're going to listen to what you're saying anyway. But it is nice to hear her because those are things that I never did. And it's not necessarily because I wasn't taught that. It was just because I never, that's not who I was. That's not who I was wanting to be. I was wanting to be a people pleaser. I was wanting everyone to come to me for all their problems. I was wanting all that. And now I still love that and I'm still open arms and I'm a phone call away, but know that if you are really wanting my honesty, that I'm going to probably give it to you and I'm going to go straight to the source. And I think that's another thing that I didn't do for so long. I would just talk to my husband about it, chat, and then we're done and right. I feel better, but it didn't solve anything. So now mm-hmm. I feel like if I go straight to the source and say, hey, this is, must have been misunderstanding or this must have been something that I need you to clarify for me because right now I'm feeling this way about it. And I don't know if that was your intentions because then you're not, it feels so much better just to whew, let it go. than keep holding on to that and thinking something was fixed by talking to someone else about it. But I made it a point. I made it a very big point to start going straight to the source because I think that a lot of times, especially nowadays, things get lost in translation and text messages and on social media. And I don't feel like I have a lot of crappy people in my life. So I don't feel like maybe they meant it that way. So I want to be sure before I make any rash decisions or before I feel bad. Sometimes people, you hurt their feelings and you have no intentions. I've done that many times in my life. Yeah. So then I've heard that. I'm like, maybe she didn't mean it that way. So ask her, just ask her, did you mean it this way or this way? Because if you mean it this yeah. way, you've hurt my feelings. If you mean it this way, then I misunderstood. And there's, right. it's hard to get there. But once you get there, it's like a light bulb. I yeah. think too, like setting up boundaries is important for the person you're setting the boundaries with as well. I have felt in my life, people who have put up boundaries with me instead of, it's not like I'm going to accept them perfectly because it can feel hard or it can feel like you're being hurt, but also it makes you reflect on those boundaries and why they're setting those boundaries with you. And maybe it's something that I need to do to change and I need to do to fix so that our relationship can continue. It's important for both parties to set boundaries because it will help the other person learn maybe things that they need to change in their life to make this friendship work 
or this right. relationship work. And I think that's hard. Yeah. And that was really hard for me in the beginning. Cause like I said, you have to mourn, you have to mourn some, and some you just have to like put the nail in the coffin. I don't even know how to describe it because you've given them so many opportunities to be kind. And you have to look back at why you're in a relationship with someone anyways. Like why, what about this person makes me continuously come back? Sometimes it's really hard not to go back, but I think that it's okay to continue moving forward and still leave that line of communication open to where I've never, ever severed ties with anyone before in my life until the past two years, ever. Um, I still talk to people that I went to elementary school with. Sometimes if I think of them, it's just, that is just who I am. If I see a red balloon and it reminds me of my friend from second grade, I will look them up on Instagram and I will say, hey, I just thought about you. I wonder if it's for a reason. How are you? That is just who I am. And that is not me doing anything other than being real to myself. And there are people that I've spent a decade with that I no longer talk to. And it's not because I don't love them anymore. And it's not because didn't have a good time with them when we did. It's just because it's okay to outgrow each other. And it's okay to change your perspective when you learn new information. And I think that in 2020, at least here, we realized that it's okay to change your mind about something. And I think that was something that I didn't understand. I thought if you had history with someone that 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 was that. They're just, that's where they are. They are there and they're going to stay there. But now I know that they, I can still love people at a distance and yeah. I'm not going to change who I am for anyone. So I'm never going to be ugly and I'm never going to be vindictive or anything like that. What I do nine times out of 10 comes from a good place. And if it's not from a good place, it's usually towards my husband because he wears me out, but that's about it. Normally I, nobody else do. I then I'm just, it's not in my nature. It's not my character. I'm very forgiving. I'm very, I just like to have a good time. And so when things get heavy, I like to fix it, like you said, and I can't always do that. And it's just, learn. I learned so much about myself in these past two years. That's yeah. just been very interesting. And so there are some friendships that didn't come out on the other side of this, if you will, but that doesn't mean that there's not a place for them. I say this in my book, I say, there's always a place for you in my heart, but there doesn't have to be a place for you on my calendar. That was a hard thing for me to do for a while. And now, not that it's become easier, but it's become more of self-care. And right. that's okay to do. Yeah. And when you set up those clear boundaries with people and they make the choice to walk away instead of changing to make your relationship better, then you know that you still made the right choice, whether exactly. they're gone or they stay and you made the right choice and you can be at peace with that. Yes, 100%. How do you practice and implement those boundaries and what you've been working on within your relationship, within your marriage? Oh gosh, my husband says all the time, he wished that I had done this so many years ago. Number one, it's making his life easier. We're going to go, go all the time. And I think, so my husband, like I said, we basically grew up, we've grown up together. I started dating him when I was 14 and he was 17 and we've been together ever since. So we watched each other go through different seasons And he's been begging me to go to this part of my life for a long time. (laughs) We always have very open communication. There's never anything that we have ever that ever held back. It's always been very different with him than it has with other relationships in my life because I've always been super honest with him. It wasn't something I had to learn to do, telling him what I want, telling him what I don't want, telling him how he's acting. It's much easier. I feel safe, I think. And I know at the end of the day, we can figure it out. And I don't feel like that necessarily with every friendship. I feel like it's all marriage is so much work and it's, you're Mm going to have, you're going to have up and downs. You're going to have peaks and valleys. Like that is something that I know for a fact, I went into this knowing that marriage is not easy. 
I don't think that I always went into friendships that way. I think some of my friendships just started really easily and I didn't, someone's funny or someone, whatever, you have a connection and then you just grow from there. And I didn't know that friendships were so hard because when you're little, friendships aren't hard, right? It's just easy. Like you like the same cartoon character and there you go. It works. It's not like that as you get older. And I didn't, I don't think I really thought about in my life that just like your taste in clothing or your taste in food, your palate changes that you also have to reevaluate the other relationships in your life. So my marriage, we're constantly, it's an evolving thing constantly all the time. And I knew that going into it. And I think that my friends, I would hope recognize that over the years I've changed and either I'm going to be in their palette or I'm not. Whereas my husband, I'm like, we're going to change together. We're going to go through this together. This is, it's a no for me for you to wear that shirt, dude. Like you're not going to wear that shirt anymore. to say and something that was really cool that my husband said after he read my book which I hadn't even thought about it is number one he knows me better than anybody else he knows everything about me 100% so I'm very we're very transparent that's we don't hold back we're not that way at all we just mm-hmm. it's all in but my husband did say after he read my book he didn't realize how interesting it would be to see things from my perspective. And so he was hearing all of these stories that he was involved in, but he doesn't remember them the way that I remember them. He doesn't remember that pain that I felt from that situation, or he doesn't remember that, that being funny because it wasn't funny to him. Mm-hmm. It was a very cool, he said, experience for him to, because he's not, I'm not, he's black or white. He is not the most empathetic. He doesn't usually put himself in other people's situations. So he's just, that's how he is and whatever. So for him to put himself in my situation and read things from that perspective, he said it was a really cool experience for him. So I'm hoping that when people read my book that are in my life and they're in the book and they see it from that situation, they're like, oh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I never thought that me taking advantage of her all the time was taking advantage of her all the time. I really hope that other people that I never say one negative thing about anyone in my book at all, because I feel like it's important that I talk about how some people were negative influence in my life or they were not nice people, but I never named anyone by name because I don't, I, I was make a general statement. Like I didn't talk about anyone in a poor light because that's not who I am. Like I said, now I say there are friends that I've had that are nasty and taking advantage of me because it's true. And I didn't shine any type of glittery light on any part of my life because that's not my life. That's not real. That's not who I am. As you can see from my reels, I am 100% transparent in an open book. So if you see it from me, it's the truth. And if you get it from me, then I gave it. So it's like, I feel like that was a big part of a learning experience for me and my husband in that is that now he can see things from my perspective a bit more because he's now seen it from my perspective. So that helped. It right. helped. I yeah. That's amazing. I haven't read your book, but I'm going to. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Where is the best pe- place for people to find it? Where can they buy it? It's on Amazon. It's a no from me. It's the title and you can look it up that way. I have it on a Kindle version, paperback and hardcover. So the really cool thing about my book that I didn't even realize was super cool until people said other people don't do it. So I got online and I like researched different margarita recipes. So for every chapter 
of my book, at the end of that chapter, there is a margarita recipe that coincides with the name of it coincides with what I talked about. For instance, there's one part of my book where I talk about how my daughter walked in on my husband and I, and it was, it was a funny, <laughs> it's super hilarious, really. It, it was mortifying, to be very honest, but it was also very funny. That one, that one is a jalapeno infused margarita, and the name of the margarita is coming in hot. And then, you know, I was like, different kinds of that would kind they're like vibe matching if you will it's just one of those things where if secondhand embarrassment is like something that you experience pick up my book with maybe a drink or a hot chocolate or something because you're gonna need to move your head away from it because it can be oh, very gosh. and that is one thing that I had a complete panic attack about what the night before it published I was like oh my gosh I talk about when my husband like almost crapped his pants like <laughs> he knows the whole world is going to know that story. Or I talk about my experience at the OBGYN. Like now people are going to know that like the OBGYN if they weren't. But that was one of the, that was the story I did for my reading at my book signing about when I went in for birth control and came out with a sonogram. But that is, <laughs> everyone knows. And like my daughter, my eldest daughter, she was like, wow, you didn't want me? And I'm like, it's not that I didn't want you. So I didn't want you right then. And I didn't know you were coming. Yeah. But yeah. Those type of things I did, I had the whole, I got in my head about, and I'm like, I'm telling everyone, this is the tell-all. I'm telling all my secrets and all the embarrassing things, but that's just who I am. And what there is one thing about me that you're not going to get, and you're not going to get anything that's not real, because I've learned for a, my entire life, that's what I like. I like it when someone is a me too. So if I can be that me too for someone else that's booked a vacation in the middle of a hurricane... And that it just is what it is or someone that's seen firsthand from far away, a swinger event, those type of things that you didn't know that you were going to be like taking part, like being able to be up close and personal with. If that's going to be a me too for a mom that doesn't want to be going on field trips or doesn't want to be on the PTA. then if I sell that one copy to that one person that relates to one story in my book, I feel like it's okay that I've outed myself on things like forgetting your kids at school. It's just, I am human and I'm very ADHD and I talk a lot about that. And some moms don't know that other moms also have ADHD and forget to flip their laundry every single day. I didn't have that. I didn't have that feeling of the Instagram world seemed to have been so curated and I'm not a curated Mm -hmm. person. So being real and I've connected with so many other women that are the same way. So I feel like a lot of my book touches on situations that no one wants to talk about so then you don't mm-hmm. feel as alone when you're reading it I feel like at least that's yeah. the takeaway a lot of people have said oh my gosh I didn't know that and yes. I'm not an expert in any of it and that's the main thing in my book I don't know what the hell I'm doing I don't know I don't know I'm just fumbling my way through it and hoping for the best but hey if you could reach out to me and let me know how you set your reminders on your phone to even remember to take your medicine for ADHD let yeah. me know so it's like one yeah. of those things where I just yeah. I don't pretend to know everything because I don't know everything, but I can tell you what works for me sometimes and what doesn't work for me sometimes. And I think that's the main thing in my book that I wanted people to realize is that we're all in this together and there's no reason why we have to act like everything's okay. As soon as you realize that nobody really truly knows what they're doing, it just gives you some like freedom of like, okay, we're going to figure this out and I'm going to figure out how it works for me and I'm going to go to therapy or I'm going to go to talk to people who are like-minded or pick somebody else's brain because it looks like they're doing it well. I don't really know what I'm doing. 
let's just figure this out. Yeah. So I talk about in my book how in 2020, when all of this hit, like normally I could go to somebody as a voice of reason, but nobody knew what to do. Nobody mm-hmm. knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. So that was the instance where I'm like, what do I do now? I have to figure yeah. this out on my own. And that was the loneliest feeling I've ever had in my entire life. So that was another, just another building block to why it's important to be there for everyone and tell them that I don't know what I'm doing either in any of this. It's not just yeah. the pandemic. It's not just motherhood. It's literally, I don't, I don't know. And maybe you do know. So reach out to me and tell me like, how can I get my yeah. kids to eat more than Doritos? And like, I don't know. Maybe you should help me out here. I don't need your, I don't need you to criticize me, Karen, but just come at me and tell me like, Hey, this works yeah. for me. Maybe this will work for you. And my son, he did, he got very sick with COVID and I go into, I walk in those waters with my readers and I needed other people to reach out to me and say, Hey, I, my, my kid is really sick or my aunt's really sick too. Here's what's helped them be comfortable or here's what that. And that was the only time when I didn't feel alone in it when I shared about it and someone came and said me too. So there's a lot of different things in my book that talk about my lack of coping and my my need for relatability. My middle daughter is Jesus Christ. She is a spitting image of me. Like she is looks like me. She talks like me. She acts like me. She drives me freaking insane. Because she's so much like me and she knows that. Mm-hmm. But she is very quick to to be honest and tell everyone everything and that's fine. But I realized along the way somewhere that when you have that type of child that's just like you parenting them is almost impossible because I would make the same wrong decision that she makes like she gets in trouble all the time for the exact same thing that I did yesterday so it's sometimes she's very she's it's very true she'll come to me and I don't want to do the dishes they're not bothering me so why don't you do them if they're bothering you and I'm like she's right like (laughs) sometimes I get like that I'm like I don't even know how to parent why I don't know why you're supposed to do it just because they said so. Or she'll say like, why do I have to do that? You're the one that wants it done. Or my room doesn't bother me. Why am I cleaning it? It's fine. I I don't know the answer. Just do it. But I don't have the answers because I think so much like her and it's wild. She is brilliant. But if you tell her to go inside and put her shoes on and she comes out with no shoes on in her purse that she was looking for yesterday, I get so frustrated, but I'm like, I can't even get mad at her anymore. That's it. Okay, yeah. honey, just let me go get your shoes. I don't know what else to tell you because I'm the same exact yeah. way. Yeah, so yeah. being a parent is hard, but being a parent to the kid that's just like you is even harder. That is wild. Oh, yeah. It's crazy yeah. that I'm allowed to even be a parent. I require more parenting than they do. That's, that's funny. so funny. I love how relatable you are. And I think, yeah, that's why we started the podcast because we were like, people need to have these conversations and share their experiences because everybody will, there will be somebody that says, oh my God, that happened to me too. It just, I don't know, makes, it makes the world a little bit less lonely, I think. Your title of your podcast really drew me in because it's called, I did not sign up for this. I did sign up for this, but I did not sign up to be a stay-at-home mom during the middle of the global pandemic and make 24 meals a day for 24 different types of eating habits and all of those things. Because yeah. I did not sign up for that, but <laughs> I didn't sign up for it. There are parts of this journey that all of us, I feel like, didn't sign up for. And even mm, though we may have walked our path straight to where we are now, the detours and stuff still happen. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks for sharing all that with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think your story's great. And 
We'll put links to where people can buy your book on Amazon and maybe we'll do a Patreon giveaway. We'll buy one of your books and do a draw on our Patreon for it. I would love that. I so appreciate you guys. And this has all been new to me and it's new territory. And I'm just so appreciative of anyone that's willing to listen to me talk about my journeys. Awesome. Awesome. We'll let you enjoy the rest of your lazy Sunday. I hope it stays that way for you. My husband's already downstairs. Like, when is she going to be done? I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) He just just got a list for you. (laughs) He just started a new side hustle. So now that my book is out, you're all on full deck right now. We'll see how that goes. No rest. We will talk very soon and we look forward to catching up again. Thank you, ladies. It has been great to be here. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. We will talk soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Thank you so much to today's guest and to everyone for listening. If you're enjoying the show, there are many ways that you can help our podcast grow. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Join us on our Patreon. Follow us on social media. Check out our merch store. Share our show with your friends. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, please message us on IG or Facebook. Have a great week and thank you so much for your support. Bye. Bye. Why are they still here? I don't know. What should we do? Mm -hmm. I guess I'll just turn up that outro music.